Happy Father's Day to the fathers in the room and for those who are watching online and those who are watching all over the, the globe. Happy Father's Day to our, our pastor who's not here today, but he is the lead father of this house. And so we want to send Father's Day greetings to him um, um, today. How are you guys doing? Anybody here? Blessed and highly favored. I love that. I love that. You know, I think the first song, the first song they did this morning, it was had something to do with being excited, being joyful. So, and I thought I was in the right house, but <laughs> I don't know. I'll turn around and do it again. How are you guys doing today? Woo! There we go. There we go. We walk by faith and not by sight. Psalm chapter 1. I'm in Psalm chapter 1 today. I want to touch on a few verses. I want to speak to the Father, but I want to speak to the men. And then I want to go by extension. I want to speak to everybody in the room because the word of God is applicable for everybody. You know, typically you hear about the Proverbs 31 woman. And on many, many, uh, many Mother's Day, you hear them talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, which is so fitting. But today I want to talk about the Psalm 1 man. Or the Psalm 1 father. Okay? Um, I don't know if you've ever heard about that one. But the scripture tells us about that one. So in Psalm chapter 1 today. It's reading. I'm reading from the ESV. It says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Now I want to have that kind of experience because my garden has not been doing that well at home. I want my leaves to not wither. If you see my tomato plants, you would laugh at me. But we're not talking about tomato plants today. And it says, in all that he does, he prospers. Blessed is the man. The Hebrew word isher here is translated blessed, which has the idea of happiness and contentment. Isher is a form of the Hebrew word ashar as well, which, it's, which in its root it means to be straight. So we think about it when it says contentment or blessed or happy, it's talking about being straight or to be, to be right. So blessed is the man speaks of the happiness or the blessedness or the contentment of life of a man or a woman who is, not, who is right or straight with God. The righteous man will be blessed and he'll be a happy man. In fact, this word, this Hebrew word I just gave you, it's not a singular word. It's actually a plural word which denotes either it's a multiplicity of blessing or an intensification of blessing or happiness. So it's not just some simple happy or blessing. Actually, it is blessings all over again and blessings upon blessings. I think I know a song that says so. blessings upon blessings. Because it's plural, contrary to the lies of Satan, and and and, and uh, that, that that tells us that living for God is a 
some people see us and think that we are boring people. We're bland. We have no joy in our life. Now, it's believed. Some commentators believe that Psalm 1 literally is a preface for every book in the Bible. Okay? So you could go to Psalm 1 and read it before you read anything else in the Bible. And every time you read another book in the Bible, go back to Psalm 1 and read it again. Because it's telling us the approach we should take with the scriptures. So when I say, so this is not just some simple thing. It's telling us, it's, this is weighty. This is heavy. And I'm only going to cover three verses. Okay? The entire thing probably would take us four weeks or five weeks. But I'm going to cover three weeks. Just three weeks on this. It's not a boring experience. It's not a bleak life. In fact, David said, said to the Lord in Psalm 16 verse 11. It says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. When I was growing up, I would hear that verse every single week in service. Because you would see people jumping around and getting excited. Because in, hey, I'm not sure what's going on outside there. I may have had a rough week. But once I come through these doors. Amen. I joke about this every, ever so often that. I've been, I mean, I'm tired. I'm going on a Wednesday. I'm tired and, and I'm feeling like I can't go another step. But once I get out of my car, as a matter of fact, once I drive into the parking lot, I get energy. How does that happen? Because when we come together in this kind of fashion, it should make us joyful. It should make us excited. Now, I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen outside of here. But I know when I come and I see your faces. And I know I'm around, around the saints. I get really, really excited. So for those who haven't shown up for a long time. I need you back in the house. Amen. Notice. It's not a blessed king. A blessed scholar. Blessed is the rich. But blessed is the man. Which means that anybody can experience this blessing. Rich, poor, sick, healthy. Anybody could experience this blessing. So what does these familiar verses about the blessed or the godly or the righteous man tells us? I'm going to touch on a few things. Three things. Three things specifically. I'll tell you where I'm going. If you're taking notes. This blessed man, he tells three things about him. What he refuses, what he chooses, and what he becomes. What he refuses, what he chooses, and what he becomes. What he refuses, what he chooses, and what he becomes. Decision precedes transformation. Decision precedes transformation. Amen. You don't fall into transformation. You don't fall, you don't slip, or, 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 or I, I'm, I'm walking, I just, I just got transformed. It doesn't work like that. I don't fall into weight loss. I don't fall into holiness. Amen. It don't work like that. Decision precedes transformation. We're living in a culture where we're enamored about getting more things. 
and we feel that we're successful by adding more to our collection. Could be shoes, clothes, trophies, accolades, or whatever your collection consists of. But this opening verse of Psalm 1 flips the idea on its head. And instead of success beginning with addition, he tells us that being blessed begins with elimination. Amen. Cutting away some things. Removing some things. As a matter of fact, my, if I'm talking to my kids, I would say subtraction, not addition. It begins with making a choice, taking a stand. This is what the Bible says. You cannot serve both God and money. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area or, or a shade when it comes to Christianity. You're either on the right or you're on the left. You're either walking with Christ or you're walking with the devil. And that's why it tells us you cannot be both light and darkness. You cannot produce both good and bad fruit from the same tree. It may look good, but if it's a bad tree, the fruit may look good, but you cut it open and what's inside it is not good. You cannot have both blessings and cursings coming out of the same mouth. Amen. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a stand. So someone begins with the psalmist driving us to make a choice. In essence, stop doing the things that are draining you from purpose. Amen. So what does he refuse? Take your Bible out. Make sure you're looking with me. It says he rejects the counsel of the wicked. Verse 1 says that the blessed man, the Psalm 1 man, will not walk through life following the counsel of the wicked. Those who do not know or even serve God. This means that this Psalm man knows how to discern the counsel of the wicked. But many fail at this point. They don't even consider the counsel of the, they don't even consider the counsel is godly or ungodly. They hear advice or theories of, of their problem and they immediately accept it. But the righteous person is not gover governed based on bad decisions from bad people. Where do you get your counsel? Where do we get our counsel? Who's pouring into me? Who is pouring into you? <laughs> you know, when I was much younger and we had those big old computers, I would hear garbage in, garbage out. And we're, they're teaching us on this computer and they're telling us, they're teaching us, because even now I still don't know how to type, but they're teaching us on all those things. But they constantly tell us, garbage in, garbage out. You can't put garbage in and expect to get, get anything good out. When a river is flowing, okay, whatever is upstream is coming downstream. So be careful of the flow you're standing in. I'll move along. So it says, it rejects the counsel of the wicked. It refuses the counsel of the wicked. And then it goes down and, and, then it goes down and says, it rejects the ways of sinners. Verse 1 says that the blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. Now, I could, I could give you an Im imagery. You could come with me. When I'm standing, what does that mean? Huh? You're waiting, huh? And when I'm standing, it means that I'm probably absorbing, huh? Is that what I mean? It's, when I'm standing, it means that I'm allowing myself to be influenced. Isn't that so? Huh? Isn't that what standing means? There's a difference when I'm walking. 
And the breeze is blowing along, but I'm standing. I'm feeling the entire full force of the wind coming. Okay? So we have to understand what it's saying here. It says it doesn't stand in the way of sinners. The key word here is stand and it implies lingering, waiting. Who are we associating with? How does our life live? Look like among sinners. The idea is not that, not that we, the idea here is not, is not to live the same way as those we associate or those who are around live. And the truth is, the Bible is not telling you to stay away from those who are sinners. Because how are we going to be the salt and the light? Hey, we like to do things virtually, but salt, being salt and light cannot be done virtually. Amen. <laughs> I can't throw some salt over the screen. A dash of salt. No, you have to be around it. You have to be around it. When darkness sees you come around, darkness hides itself because it exposes it. So it says it rejects the way of sinners. means that you don't live the way they live. You don't do things the way they do it. So he refuses the counsel of the wicked. He rejects the ways of sinners. And then the third thing I see right there, it says, rejects the place of scoffers. Now this word is quite unique. Because we read this word and it says scoffers. And maybe in your, in your King James Version, it may say scorners. Because that's the way I, I memorized it. A scoffer is a person who mocks and scoffs at the things of God. Now, just take a look. Just close your eyes and think about our culture. The last time you watched TV or you watched the news or you were somewhere, don't you hear people talking like, like God is some little brother or some trash or he's good for nothing? Okay. Do you remember? Let me talk to the older people now. Do you remember when you were growing up and they'll say, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Amen. Because amen. even sinners respected his name. Yes, is that the same way our culture is now? No. no? No regard for God. So the Bible says, do not sit in the seat of such people. A scuffer thinks nothing is sacred. And they fear no judgment or consequences for their action. That's why 2 Timothy 3 verse 2 is so important. And I remember that verse growing up. It says, it's, it, it says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to peer for parents, unthankful, unholy, Scoffers think Jesus is a joke. Church is for children. Church is for sissies. When we were growing up and we looked at the examples of men, you remember what we saw real men look like? You know what real men look like? <laughs> you know what real men look like on TV today? The ones that are womanizers. Okay, when, when I'm sure when you were growing up, womanizers... Well, I'm talking to the, some of the older people now. When you were growing up, was womanizers glamorized? No. They weren't actually. They would feel like they were tabooed. Yeah. Now, it's those on TV who have the most women. Those who are sleeping around or smoking whatever spliff or do. That's what is glamorized. Things have changed radically. Yeah. 
So, and that's why sometimes the men around us don't know what real men look like because if that's what everybody is looking forward to, if that's what everybody likes, I want to be like one of those. I want to wear the tightest clothes I could wear. I have nothing against tight clothes, but I'm just saying that's what's glamorized. So I kind of let my wife know that I'll keep mine a little loose. So he tells us what this man does, what he rejects, what, what he refuses. But then again, the big part I want to get to, he tells us what he chooses. Now this is the big part. I remember I told you at the beginning that your choice is going to be significant. Amen. Verse 2 tells us, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in this law he meditates day and night. Verse 2 gets Great gets right to the right to the center of the matter. It says, delight in the law of the Lord. The word delight is translated a number of ways in the Bible. Here it's translated as desire. The Psalm 1 man as a hunger and a desire for the word of God. Amen. There are other places where it's translated also as pleasure. Think of that. Just think with me a little bit. Okay? desire and pleasure so he desires in the word of the lord or he finds pleasure in the word of the lord just think with me a little bit okay when was the last time you derived pleasure from just reading the scriptures it have you jumping around your house hop skipping just like when you were watching the OU Sooners play or when you were watching the Cowboys play, or when you were watching the Thunders play, and, and a goal is scored, or maybe, maybe it's a buzzer beater, and you jump, and you, when was the last time you read the scriptures and it made you hop, skip around your house? It's not my word. It says that he delights, he finds pleasure in it. As a matter of fact, he, provide, he provides so much excitement, excavating the word that, that you can't keep still. And then you get on the phone and you say, Marsha, did you see that? Oh, Mark, guess what I just read, Marsha? Can you imagine the Lord is my light and my salvation? Amen. What's going on? What, what's going on? I think that thing is exciting. We got to get back to it. We're making this thing too complicated. When Avian and I was dating, we would talk on the phone for several hours. Brother Moore, when you were dating, did you have phone to talk on for several hours? But did you send a lot of letters? Thank you. I was addicted to her voice. And so, even though we had school the following day, we'd be on the phone until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. 
we started spending so much time together. Our hearts were getting so enmeshed when we were dating that I crazily said, hey, guess what? Let's pull back a little bit. But it didn't feel good to pull back a little bit. This is what the Bible says. That's, this is exactly what it's saying. You become so intoxicated with the scriptures that you can't get away from it. You're so intoxicated with it that every minute you get, you're listening it, you're reading it, or you're talking about it. But it says you delight in it. But guess what? That's one side of it. So it touches on the feelings, and then it says meditate, meditate on it. So God is not just, he's just this, this, this psalm is not just talking about that feeling aspect of it. It gives us another spin when it says, when he says, this man delights in the word, but the word, also, he also meditates on it day and night. The psalmist puts together two affection. He puts together feelings and he puts together discipline. He's saying feeling, yes, the feeling element is good, but feeling without discipline it's devastating. So we could have the feeling aspect, but the discipline. And that's what's difficult, huh? It's that discipline, discipline part. So you get excited about the word today, and then you don't spend any time in the word for the next two months. You come to church, and it's the best message preached. But when you leave church, boop, it's gone. Because the discipline aspect, is that it, it's, that's the aspect that is big. Church, I won't ask for the show of hands, but I'm sure that there are people in this house that the only time you open the Bible is when you come here on a Sunday. As a matter of fact, you don't even open it because it's on the screen for you. I'm not saying this to be mean. This is reality. I've been around church long enough. I know. I've traveled the world. I've spoken to thousands of people. I know. I've spoken to leaders that don't open the scriptures until it's time to preach. I'm telling you, it's, that's what happens. It's normal. But guess what? What God is talking about here is not a normal person. It's an extra, no, extra, extraordinary person through the influence of the Holy Spirit. Meditate. The word meditate means to mutter. So think of it like this. Have you ever seen people praying with their, praying with their beads? The rosary, I think. Have you ever seen them? And they're just saying some things and you don't know what they're saying. Especially in the Catholic religion. And you don't know what they're saying. But what if I tell you that that's what meditate looks like? You're going all day long. And you're not even shouting, but you're muttering it. You're rolling it over in your brain every second, every minute. You're driving down the road and you're thinking about it. What was your verse today? That, the, the, the verse you had this morning, how about if you take that verse and that verse becomes everything, you, all that you think about all day long. R.A. Torrey, he shared a story. He says, he said, a man once complained to him that he was getting, and R.A. Torrey is, is an amazing guy. He's all about prayer. I mean, I mean, you'll read his books about prayer. His diligence to prayer and the word of God. He said, once a guy came to him and complained that he was getting nothing out of the Bible. Torrey said to the man, read it. The man said, I do. Torrey said, read it some more. The man was challenged that he read the book of 2 Peter 12, and R.A. told him, read the book of 2 Peter 12 times a day for a month. The man was skeptical, but agreed to take on the challenge. 
the man later confessed, soon I was talking Second Peter to everyone I met. Now, this is not just unique to this guy, okay? Whatever you spend enough time looking at, whatever you spend enough time with, it's hard for it not to come, around, come out of you whenever you see me. Whenever you see me, most times what's going to come out is what you spend a lot of time thinking about. I guarantee you. And it happens in small conversations as well. Because when you're making small talk, it's what you're familiar with that's going to come out. Did it? Are you watching the thunder? Getting ready for the draft? Or, or, or. Matthew 28, man. Have you seen that verse lately? The word of the Lord should influence everything we do. That's why Joshua chapter 1 was given this command. It says, the book of the law shall not depart off your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Meditate implies immersion and identity. You know, we talk about baptism. And we go in, and we go in the pool, and we come back out different. That's exactly what meditating does for us. It's almost like you are sinking under the word, and everything about you is the word. Now, why is this crucial? Because it says it makes your way prosperous. And you will have good... It didn't say maybe. Think about that. Now, the stock market has been so unpredictable, okay? But a lot of people have a lot of confidence in the stock market, okay? The chair you're sitting on, one of the legs could have been shaking, but you're sitting on it, huh? Because you have a lot of confidence that the chair will hold you up. How about if we transfer that level of confidence in Psalm chapter 1? Or transfer it in the scriptures that the Lord tells us about. That's all he's asking for. He's just saying, just trust me. Just, just trust me. In Jamaica, we say, trust me, man. Just trust me. I'm at home. And Ari and AJ, Amari comes to me. And Amari says, Daddy, can I have some milk? And I said, yes, Amari. And he comes. I said, Amari, yes. But when you're ready for bed, Amari comes to me five minutes later. Daddy, can I have some milk? Amari, Yes. He comes to me five minutes later. I said, Amari, can you get, Daddy, can I get some milk? Amari, didn't I tell you that whenever it's time for bed, you'll get some milk? Why does he keep asking me over and over? That's the same way we do it with God. And God is saying, just trust me. Just, just follow this principle and see what happens. So Joshua chapter 1 is so crucial to us. It says, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Proclaim it. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Possess it. So that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Practice it. And then you say, So what do I do after I proclaim it, possess it, and practice it? Do it over and over and over again. And keep doing it over again until Jesus returns. That's the surest formula. So now, 
Now you've gotten to make a choice because that determines who you become. So what do you become? This is the exciting part. And we try to skip the step, steps. That's why fast food is a choice of so many people because they don't have to cook. As a matter of fact, that's not the big part. They don't have to wait 20 minutes in a restaurant to get their meals. Oh, probably because it's a little bit cheaper too. But it's a time, a time factor for us. Think about your own personality. How patient are you? I'm not. I'm not. With the advancement of things, I want it quickly. Tell Aria, Aria, go get some water for me. And I turn around. Two seconds later, Aria, where are you? It doesn't take two seconds to get water. But I've grown so impatient. Listen, it's, well, that's me, I'm confessing. Maybe you too. But we're living in that kind of culture where things just happen quickly. And time seems like it's longer than it actually is. But the truth is, if we stop, I told my kids the other day, they're busy. The kids, I mean, they, AJ just wants to keep doing stuff over and over. He just wants to keep going. So I said, AJ, AJ, what I want you to do for me, just take 30 minutes and go sit by yourself and do nothing. Okay? Daddy, that's going to be hard. I said, just sit by yourself and do nothing. Just don't worry about it. Just sit. I'm giving you 30 minutes free just to sit and do nothing. But that was torturous for him. And it probably would be torturous for some of us too inside here. Because that's the way we are now. So what does he become? I'll go through this quickly. Psalm 1 verse 3 tells us that he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaves will not wither. Here are a few observations. It tells me that he becomes alive. Look at it. It says he shall be like a tree planted. Notice that he is planted. He's not flopping. He's not flipping. He's not sliding. He's not skidding. The tree's not laying on its side. Which means that it's upright. Planted an apple tree the other day and I got concerned because the apple tree after food a few days, the, the leaves did not look like what a growing apple tree leaf would look like. But it was planted. And the people I bought it from assured me, just give it 30 days and it'll be fine. Just imagine that. It says he's planted. So what you become, you become alive when you meditate on the word of God day and night. It's a picture of life and stability. His life is not marked by flakiness or flightiness. Can people trust your word? He's not trying to find a place in this way in his life. He's been planted. He's stable because God has placed him where he ought to be. And he's securely planted in the will of God. But most people are like, a lot of people are like logs in a river. Remember, this is planted next to the river. It's not in the river. But some people are like logs in the river. That the water floats them where they should go and float them back where they should go. This person who meditates, who delights in the word, is on it day and night. And then if you look further in that verse, it says it becomes a target of God's unlimited supply. Just remember, look at the verse. Next time you look at it, it says, did it say river of water? 
or did it say rivers of water, our streams of water? Amen. You know, <laughs> you know. Sometimes we think that God runs out of supply. You think that God just have one source, one river. So if it dries up, or 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 man-made man-made ponds in Oklahoma dries up sometimes. But I want us to get this. And I want you to really, really get this. We've been singing about Father all morning. How could this Father, who has unlimited supply, run out of what you need? How could that happen? You may feel like he ran out. But remember, he will never run dry. He says, Streams, grace, blessing, sustenance, provision. What do you need? There is a stream of that for you. Unlimited supply. And then it tells us that you become fruitful and you're a target of God's favor. He shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruits in its season and its leaves shall not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. See, the man who rejects the counsel of the wicked, rejects the way of sinners, rejects the place of scoffers, while choosing to delight in and meditate on the word of the Lord, becomes fruitful and becomes a target and, 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 and some, of you, some of you have been to the gun range. You know what target is. Or maybe you did um, bow and arrow, whatever we call that again. Archery, we do that. So you understand what a target means. Can you imagine being a target of God's favor and a target of God's favor? Do you think God is going to miss when he hit for that target? Contrary to what some thinks, the success of a man is not defined by the acquisition of more things. Psalm one person succeeds in the things he pursues, the things of God. He succeeds in the spiritual fruit, in spiritual um, fertility. That's the word, fertility. You become, you think it's only women who are fertile? Men become fertile ground. And the fruit we produce is not for ourselves. It's actually for those around us. Deuteronomy chapter 28 puts this this way. I won't read all the verses. But as we close. Happiness and success begins with elimination. You can't allow the choice to be made for you. It's going to require discipline and choice. Deuteronomy 28 puts it this way. It says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, being careful to do His commands that I've commanded you today, the Lord will be, be your God and will set you high above the nations. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed you shall be in the city. Blessed you shall be in the field. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, the, uh, the, uh, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your castle, uh, cattle, uh, the increase of your herds and your young flock. Blessed you shall be with your basket and your kneading flock. 
Blessed you shall be when you go out, when you come in. And it goes on and on and on. Verse 10 says, And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and that you shall be, shall be, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb, and the Lord, the Lord, and the fruit of your livestock, and the fruit of your ground. He's saying everything, every area of your life will experience the blessings of the Lord if you meditate on his words day and night I wish I could give you a quick solution but I can't I can only give you what the word gives and if you do not turn aside from any in verse 14 from any of the words that I command you today to the right or to the left to go after other gods or serve them experience these blessings stand with me today please everybody wants happiness